Welcome to Interverse Podcast. My name is Chance and I'm your host. We're starting off season two today with a fucking off the chain episode with my good friend Daniel Lesser. Make sure you go check out his work at lesserspace.com or look up Lesser Space on whatever social media you prefer. But I think the website is the best representation because Daniel is not only an amazing graphic designer and artist, he's also a ninja at web development. Daniel has been responsible for the creation of many fantastic digital realms through his expertise in coding, Photoshop, and probably a whole bunch of other shit that I didn't say right there. But other than that, he's a master of his own energy, a true sensei to those around him, a freely open with information and love type of person. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. I personally got a lot out of it, just like when I met Daniel back at the Unce earlier this summer in California. And if you enjoy our conversation as much as I did, and you like his artwork, then maybe you should buy a print. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. And if you can't do that, just do us both a favor and share this episode. Just hit the share button. That's all you gotta do. Alright, that's all for now. We'll get on to the episode with Daniel Lesser, and thank you for checking out the show. I super duper love you. So welcome to the show, everybody. This is Daniel Lesser. Hi, I'm Daniel Lesser. Uh, our name is Lesser Space. Make digital art, make websites, um, and I really love inspiring people to express themselves. And I also am inspired to express myself a lot. Yeah, um, I'm definitely gonna be linking your art on the page that I put up for this episode. And there's actually just right behind my head. There's some of your art right there. Yeah, there it is. Nice chi generation. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, my cat likes it too. Attacks the uh, wall tax pretty hardcore. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah, speaking about Chi, we were just kind of um, talking about how, at least how I was feeling a bit out of whack energetically and did what I know to do to restore the Chi flow through my body. And it's Which meditate? meditate and actually do Qigong. Yeah, so I, I'm the same way. I've been like very uh, rigidly running for an hour a day for like four days a week, every week for the last Ooh. month or so. And then I also go to the gym um, four days a week, usually on the same day. And um, so I'm putting my body through a lot right now. But what I feel like I'm doing is uh, eliminating weakness and sort of like fear. Um, and it's like a form of tough love by yeah. myself. 
And I feel like the more healthy and strong and cleaner I get, <clears throat> the more that will reflect out into my life, my art, and mainly into my art. You know, if like I'm putting really high clean energy into it, other people will see that. And even like the last few pieces I put out, I'm getting a bigger uh, reception. And things are shifting, and it's exciting, and it's cool that for me, that's just it's very simple. It's just do the gym, go running. It might not be fun, but the second I'm out there, it's fun. And then um, that's simple, you know. It doesn't take rocket science to go do those. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that the stronger you make your body, and the more you discipline your mind, the more well everything is going to work in your in your entire experience. I've actually had the same thing, man. Um, the more I get healthy, the more I focus on, like, really just focus on self-improvement. And uh, the self-expression is just more and more readily there. Yeah. I think, like, one thing it's important to recognize as humans that we're self-expressing in every little thing we do. Uh, we're all – I kind of see society as shown this, like, homogenousness. Um, that is comfortable for people. But everything from the way we say hello to the way we shake hands to uh, what we do, what we eat, or it's all self-expression. And uh, that's why I really light up when I see someone call themselves an artist. You know, it doesn't even really matter the medium. It's just in recognizing that uh, self-expression is art and other people will enjoy it, and then uh, it's like a lifestyle. Yeah, that's true. Uh, your life can be your creation more than any one particular thing that you're into doing. Yeah, like the art pieces are the flowers of it, you know? But it's this whole plant, this whole uh, entity. you got to have health everywhere if you're going to make the flowers. Yeah, if you're out there and you don't call yourself an artist, why don't you try it just for a day? Just be like, I'm an artist mm -hmm. today. What, what does that feel like? Because it's not like there's a cap on how many people can be an artist. Everybody is, like you're saying, so anything that you do especially things that are repetitive, um, kind of like programmed behaviors that you don't see as self-expression because you're just doing what everybody else does or you're just doing what you always do. That is self-expression because what you do every day is what you are. I mean, it's that obvious. So there's a trick in what you just said. It's, the trick is to create, uh, bring art into that uh, everyday system. Mm -hmm. is so you really create a habit out of making art so that it doesn't become like this task. It's just it's normal. And honestly, every day won't be the best, but some days will really just be on point. You know, things will just click. The universe will just download yes. to you. And that habitualization is important. So even if it's small, it's really about a consistency and a frequency. Anybody that has ever written or spoken about the muse, which is kind of like what you're describing, that download from source, has always said that it only shows up if you show up, which... Of course, that makes sense. You might, and if it does show up in a way for you, and you're not a practicing a person with a habit of, you know, the thing that you want to make, you might have the best idea in the world, but you'll forget it um, in a couple of weeks, and then it's not going to happen. You know, like write yeah. shit down and um, make moves every day towards what that shit is. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, I think of, I think they come along pretty frequently. Actually, these. Uh these big ideas. And the more often we're at, at our canvas, uh, the more often we'll be able to, to really put them down, which is awesome. Yeah, and if you, uh, if you can't do it right then, but you have the habit of like getting home after work and spending 15 minutes at least working on your painting or whatever it is, but in that stretch between uh, when you get home and when you have the idea, instead of being like, oh, I'm at work, I'm kind of bored, you'll be sitting there with your mind racing about what you're going to do when you get home. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a meditation in itself. Uh, like two of the last three days I was making art, uh, I created elements. Like I, um, for this last art piece, I created this like center uh, part with the, it looks like a fancy future gear. So I spent a whole day making that, and then I saved it for the way. Next day I came back and started working on some more, added some cubes. And then the third day, I took both of those elements and created a whole piece out of them. And that was a cool example of how some of the work I was doing was like momentum towards this uh, bigger piece. Just took a little bit longer. And uh, knowing like the longer you stick with something, it'll get good. There's going to be a time, kind of like when you plant a garden, it's going to be a patch of dirt. No matter what you planted, it's going to take some time for those plants to come up and then it'll be beautiful. And so it's having that patience is really important. Um, and like also being really like forgiving and understanding with yourself. Um, I read something that was sort of shifted my whole perspective as an artist. Uh, there's just something that it's like, you are enough. Like as you are right here, right now, today, you are enough. And, um, it's like having that attitude internally. Um, it's like, yeah, you want to, when you feel like that, it feels a lot easier to put stuff down. You know? Yeah. It's actually it's cool bigger. Too. It's a bigger ego that says, I can't do this than the one that says I'm enough. Ironically. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've been, uh, we talked about meditating earlier, which is, I think something I'm, all this working out I'm doing is, I think, a form of meditation because it does help calm mm -hmm. the mind. But there's nothing like actual sitting, meditating, and breathing. And it's something I've been trying to uh, increase in my life. I'm finally starting to get like glimpses of it again and I'll tell you man, that feels like true power but, uh, how you encourage yeah that. right uh, I, I hope I can that's totally that. also a problem for me that I'm like so constantly trying to tell people like you need to meditate you need to meditate it just kind of popped back in my mind today that my path isn't everybody's path and that uh, like it's more important for me to stay in balance because my universe is generated out of me than it is for me to worry right. about if other people are staying in balance. And if those other people that are in my biorhythm are basically also me in a, you know, on a higher metaphysical level, which is, I think, probably what's going on. The same self is in everybody. But uh, you know, if I keep myself in balance, then that's, gonna tr that's going to reflect in every interaction. Like, if you have say like positive and negative in terms of uh, electricity, something comes at, comes at you and you're one or the other and there's going to be charge, uh, either repelling or yeah. attraction. But if something comes at a neutral person or a balanced person, that the other thing leaves balanced too. So That's funny. I thought of that exact same analogy at an earlier phase of my life. I remember uh, feeling like if you're on a trajectory, if you're trying to get somewhere, then... Um, yeah, having a neutral charge would allow you to pass through anything and buy anything. And change everything but else change. that you pass through to neutral, potentially. Um, you know what I mean? Because you, yeah. you ground things. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, balance there is uh, something I learned a long time ago that was like the key to life. And it makes sense. I noticed, like, I get really excited sometimes. I'm like, yeah, you know, I get really pumped yep. up. But the longer I can actually stay more even keel, it's like, yeah, that's really cool. Show me more and uh, maintain just sort of a more balanced energy. The much further the conversations can go, I've learned. And so it's like, I guess the maturity is learning to like, feels good to get excited like that, but sort of like slowly release it. Dude, 
my my problem totally and for me the issue is that when i'm that excited i'm not listening anymore i'm just like all output ah and a big part of doing this podcast has been just learning to let the other person fucking speak because i want to say so much and um it's really in only 20 episodes um i've noticed a change in myself uh my significant other has noticed improvement in my and your consciousness is on that and like Therefore, it will yield mm-hmm. results faster than if it wasn't. Yeah, this podcast is a huge I, I exercise in mindfulness. Especially when I yeah, I get excited. I like to learn to like, there'll be like an awkward silence. And I'll just keep silent. And then the other person will start to talk. And that's really beautiful to let, to be a listener to. And uh, it's, I wanted to share something with you. Uh, I'm working with another friend, uh, Jas of the Elephant Tribe. He makes one-of-a-kind handmade clothing. And... Um, he and I are going to be working together using printing and using some of my artwork. So we're about to do our first piece, and the piece that his client picked out was Interverse. What? Which is one of my, yeah, it's one of my favorites. And it's funny that I literally, right before this uh, podcast, I sent that to him via That's email. Weird. And I thought that synchronicity is just really We're definitely cool. going to use that for the episode artwork for the, uh, the upload. Okay. Oh, yeah. Interverse is one of my favorites. I, um, what it represents is... Um, how kind of what you were saying earlier, how like your external reality is actually potentially a reflection completely of mm-hmm. your internal reality. And like you were saying, instead of telling other people to meditate, in turn, just meditate more and sort of tell your subconscious like everyone meditates. In their own way. Everyone meditates. Yeah, if they know it or not, whether they claim it or not, like even when you're sleeping, you're meditating. So meditation is just given. Um, I like that approach more. It gives me... You know, if something's going wrong and there's some issue in your existence, your your plane of uh, <laughs> stimulus input, instead of trying to fix it, you're just trying to like, just, okay, in my head, I'm going to work on you know, bringing peace to that, bringing love to that, in my own head, in my own mind, and um, trying to address things that yeah, way. Yeah, what you judge as wrong in others is really what you're afraid of being yourself. Because if, you if, yeah. if you had no fear of that being within you, then you wouldn't even care what other people were doing essentially right yeah it's basically what you perceive in others is really you're perceiving about yourself mm. you can't see anything that's not within you <laughs> it's really it's really far out um, but it's good and there's ways to uh, increase or improve the state of your reality by improving attitudes this is a uh, like Tibetan uh, ancient Tibetan stuff and just karma is like speaking really well about people behind their backs is like one simple recipe to have relationships go really well in your life and to be seen as a leader just like naturally um, tipping people really well who help you and your financial up, up, uh, come up is like a recipe for people to see as abundant and to help keep that channel strong versus being like stingy and not tipping and, um, people get that vibe and maybe the universe will like shut down mm-hmm. over to you dude that Makes I mean, sense in my life, anyway. So these are things that I experiment with. And hopefully they <laughs> yield greatness and we'll, we'll see. We're going to keep on. Yeah, with money, it really is just a type of energy. What's interesting is what is coming with money because cryptocurrency is definitely on the way in. And we're going to see a whole new type of being able to tip one another. Because there's technology on the way right now that's going to make super microtransactions of 
fractions of a penny, really, really easy to do instantly and um, completely safe and encrypted. So what that'll mean is when you like, like someone's video or like their status or picture, you're literally paying them. And it's such a small transaction to you, you don't even notice the money gone because it's fractions of a penny. But for people that are constantly doing shit that everyone thinks is rad, they're going to get an income from that. And that's the future of tipping. Uh, that's the future of that's the future Whoa. of art. That's the future of how musicians are going to make money. It's a beautiful system because it just takes what's already going on and like makes it yeah, work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I don't know how long it's going to take to be a thing, but it's probably sooner. Probably what will actually manifest will be even more awesome than that inevitably because I don't know if you and I both are having the same experience of balancing ourselves more and more and our world reflecting that more and more who's to say we're not heading into a really cool future instead of all the doom and gloom that the uh the outside media wants to tell you about yeah i know what you mean i i kind of go back and forth but i think i've been able to spend more of my time on the writer side of things and uh i do know like one thing i work on is being present in the moment because the future and the past, the further you get away from the moment, the more like fictitious and fabricated and just totally imaginative it mm-hmm. becomes. And uh, the mo- the present moment, I've had like experiences where it can be really blissful if you truly just like get lost in the moment. In fact, every moment of your life could be the best moment of your life. I know, like I've been on the way to a festival before, and friends are talking about what we're gonna do when we get there. I'm like, guys, we're all here together right now. Like, this is a beautiful moment. <laughs> And like I actually felt that. And like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun when we get there, too. Yeah, but we get so focused so, on our destinations that we don't even notice what's right there. Yeah, we're all like alive. Every heartbeat is like a gift. Your heart so. never even stops beating the whole time. I know. It's, it's true. crazy, it's dude. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, we're in the most sophisticated. Oh, yeah. Really, like, loud. Like, Hold up. That was my experience today because uh, not only was I not breathing as well as I normally would think I should while meditating, but my heart was just racing. And uh, that's so weird. It's, it, that was the exact same thing I had today. I was at the beach, and my heart was pounding. I think it's uh, nicotine so, for me. Yeah, I did smoke a couple of cigarettes last night, so I got to try and get it like. Even well, I had a really cool experience be. in this particular meditation because. Instead of just sitting there with my mind telling me, hey, you should probably quit. Hey, you should probably quit. And me just sitting there letting it repeat. Instead, what happened was I was like, yeah, when I get up, I'm going to take the batteries out of it. I'm going to unscrew it. And I'm going to call my friend Brendan and see if he wants to buy it. And it was just like that. It's like the choice. I don't know. There's something weird about choices. It's like, what, when do you actually make a choice? It, it felt like it was just decided. And I, I was happy for it because... Uh, it takes a lot of the pressure off. This is, uh, I mean, I moved into metal prints awesome. now. Yeah, so they do a really good job. It's a local company in Santa Cruz called Are Bayfoto. you shipping these? Uh, yeah, so I can sell these. I'm selling these right now for 125 uh, Yeah, they get shipped, shipped out. Now, I'm doing a website redesign on my site right now where well, I'm going to be featuring some of the, some of the artists that I had the honor of working with. Um, the last one reason I became uh, started to really put a lot of energy into being an artist was simply because of the fact that I was hanging out with some really high caliber artists, designing websites and branding for them with them. And um, I just realized how good it felt to be 
each of these individuals is like a complete joy to be around because they're like self-proclaimed, self-expressive beings who are on a mission to put themselves out and down to the world to like absorb. They answer only to their self. And, yeah, I mean, they. Well, one of my clients says uh, he answers to his <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he's yes, yeah, free, and um, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm quasi-free. I can I work almost every day, but I start my work day when I want, and some days I work a lot. Some days I don't work a lot. Um, but yeah, if I can figure th- you know optimize more, which I'm doing, and um, also I made more of my income from making websites and um, shifting to really build up the inner strength to make enough money selling art. So um, it really, (laughs) it's daunting to me in the weirdest way. Like I can lift hundreds and hundreds of pounds, no problem. But like to call this place and to uh, say, yeah, I have this art. It's for sale. It's beautiful. Let's let's do this. What's amazing Um, is it's all a mindset. You know, it's like mm -hmm. how first you have to value your art properly like you know you have to that's a self-respect thing that's a huge hurdle for many people you know they want it's really it's really easy to just like yeah i'll give you a deal on this but when you um whenever you do that all the time that's the energy you put out into the world kind of like you were talking about with choosing to tip extra putting out the energy of abundance so if you put out the energy that no this is what i value my art for if you want it that's what it costs usually you don't have to even say that and I've heard wire rappers tell me that whenever they started pricing their wraps more highly and they would just start with that number, they would have a lot more, like, I'll buy it right now, sales from people. Because the other person responds to that value that you put on your art and that respect you have for yourself. And it gives them the confidence that they're buying something that's worthwhile. I fully agree with that. There's people who want to feel the value and that's how a value is felt is through mm-hmm. a price. You know, if you sell someone something for a dollar, it doesn't matter what it is. It still felt like a dollar. That same thing sells for a thousand dollars. Then it's just like, there's a natural law there almost. Yeah. I met some people at a festival that I was at in Oklahoma who made, well, it was a, it was a woman who did all the art, I believe, but I don't think anyone else at the shop was doing it, but it was clay dread beads and other really cool clay devices like roach clips and stuff like that that are really amazing like she was a human 3d printer had all kinds of animals and symbols and shapes that she'd created and she would do commission work at the festival she'd make you whatever you asked for and you'd come pick it up in a few hours of the next day and it was awesome stuff but she was selling these beads for two dollars that she was putting hours and hours and hours like really, she literally put like six hours. It felt like into the one that she made for me. She made like twenty dollars. Right, right, but like, and I don't say this in a judging way, but like her and her group were obviously were very obviously lower income means, like for sure, and it didn't. It wasn't because that they weren't talented or couldn't accomplish more. It was just like that was what they were valuing their stuff at. I. Kind of like what you said, paying people more for stuff or tipping people. I actually paid her quite a bit more than what she was asking for because I... Th- <laughs> That's funny. That's the same yeah. thought I had. That's yeah. beautiful. You just went ahead and did that. Yeah, I think everything you're saying is true. Some people have different needs and some people have... Um, it almost feels like a little old school because like, things used to be a lot cheaper and two bucks was a lot more. <laughs> yeah. And they were somewhat older too. 
Plus, you never know someone's financial situation. Maybe they just don't have that much of a need. Or maybe some people might have like tons of money and they just like present themselves humbly and maybe they don't need the money at all. Who knows? It's like, yeah, all these judgments we cast and we assume, it's really just ourselves we're seeing. Yeah, it's (laughs) so true because, I mean, there was like an even older lady in that tent that was telling me all kinds of crazy stuff about like, we're... Tonight's the night. If we wanted to, we could ascend and and uh, into this entire thing and be on the next level. And she was like saying all kinds of shit that was totally coherent. But I was like, was, "What is exactly?" Yeah, saying? right, right. <laughs> like maybe she was right though. Maybe they've already got the source upgrade and they're just hanging out down here to tell people about it. Yeah, I think uh, having fun. The more uh, the Sorry, I no, no biggie. All right, all right. So yeah, I would say the more uh, farther along this path I get, I don't know. It's still there's still so many times where it feels really hard. Like life feels difficult, but there's also moments where I'm getting into like more and more blissful states. Uh, that feels good. I think. I guess what I one thing I one like approach that I'm kind of using is that. What's holding me back from achieving my dreams in a bigger way is like little deeper things, little like emotional injuries or uh, just parts of my psyche that need to be fixed somehow or like healed. And so I'm trying to learn about how to access the subconscious and learning about my own past, like what experiences I went through. Um, There's like one particular event that was pretty traumatic in my life. Uh, especially, it was Hurricane Katrina. I was a senior in high school, starting the first week wow. of school, and also playing football. I had a girlfriend I was crazy about. Things were really, like, everything was dialed in. I had life figured out as, <laughs> for a 17-year-old. And the Katrina hit, and my home was just gone. Like, all my stuff got flooded. I went to some boarding school by myself, um, like, a week or two later. And, um, just, like, the whole world got turned upside down. And then eventually, things got pieced back together, and I went to college next year, and things just moved along. But like the more I stop and think about it, the more I'm like, dang, I really need to like heal this somehow. It's, uh, so I think um, doing like inner inner verse work, <laughs> like just sending love to that, and kind of talking about subconscious, being like, um, you know, that's okay now, everything's good. I have a theory about like a, one way to access that type of healing. That is kind of, like it's an idea that's kind of come to me through a bunch of different smaller ideas that I pieced together, you know, and the, actually the final piece of the puzzle was watching an episode of Rick and Morty that was about the multiverse <laughs> and about, yeah, oh, so it's the one. one about uncertainty, right? And no. I'm thinking while I'm watching it, what if that's really ex- exactly what goes on? Like we're these multidimensional beings that whenever we're not certain about things, we split off into multiple directions and people who are artists, for example, who are living their authentic truth, they have more certainty. That's what gives them more pa- like self-power because there's fewer of their selves spread out across the parallel timelines and they can actually access more because of that. And if that's the case, then you have to look back on your life and see where there's like big uncertainty points and traumatic things would definitely be uncertainty points. Look back on that. And if you can reflect upon it and find the, like, find a balanced perspective about it and 
not be like, man, what would it have been like if, I had, if that hadn't happened? Instead, just be like, I'm sure that this happened to get me here and this is where I want to be. Oh, yeah. Then you can like restore and a little was, bit of that damage. It's even like a faith thing. Like that had to happen to mm-hmm. get me here. Zero way I could have seen myself ever coming here. Otherwise, I was like really set in this traditional New Orleans upbringing. If you have that perspective, and it's hard not out. to be like okay with the past then. Totally. I think, yeah, I think the part that has a pain associated with it is more from like the unresolved like ending of relationships. And Which is uncertainty in a sense. You're like, what could have happened? And there's a, there's a you that yeah, goes off in a universe where that didn't happen and you got to go and experience those relationships because you're uncertain about it. Well, also, I think it's a good uh, expression of nature, just like a natural order, which is like death. Death comes and it's over. It's not like you really can prepare for it. Maybe you can, I don't know. Um, if you're lucky. But Yeah. Uh, but like Katrina was a death in a way because um, it was really unexpected. You know, I was... Um, so, but I did recognize a long time ago, like that silver lining. If I'm in California, I gotta say, if anyone's thinking about moving to California, definitely, I highly <laughs> recommend it. This is a place that encourages uh, radical self-expression and um, embracing your own individuality. Uh, the norm here is not, not norm. I'd even say, to some extent, which uh, I had a lot of fun um, being expressive and um, you know, I dress up as like a furry creature and go to dance mm-hmm. parties. And, made a lot of friends that way. I think uh, California is beautiful and uh, getting to move out here was definitely the gold mining with Katrina. And, uh, it's just, it helped put me on this path that I think I've been on forever, and uh, which is um, to put out music and to put out uh, art, uh, visual art, audio art, that just really get people to smile at a really deep bubble. Think, be inspired, like, kind of like lighting a fire. If you've been on the path forever, it's not the path that's been moving, it's only you. Yeah. <laughs> the path just has The path has always been the path, yeah. it's always been that exact path. Yeah. But what, how you approach Perfect. it is up to you, that's the way you move on it, essentially. Like, what type of, what type of creation are you manifesting through the path yeah i think you know i wonder sometimes if if that path is there and we're on it then sometimes it feels like you could just do little and just like not do too much because it's already the path it's taken care of and i think there is like that's somewhat true but kind of like if we can up our energy level then we'll automatically have a richer experience and uh that's kind of where I'm at, just trying to figure out how to get my energy higher than it's ever been and keep pushing it. Uh, some things, like, I like to be in the sun. I think the sun is magical. I think it's, like, the ultimate abundance. Uh, it's an organizing energy. Like, it took the cloud of matter that it was and squished it down into a disk and made planets that all have their own lanes and now, like, life's on the planet and now really organized, intricate system that the sun, you could say it's random, yeah. but... The sun just sort of like handled that, and it's constantly just putting out that energy. Just so, like the heart that never uh, stops beating, and then if the solar system's a body. Yeah, and I know like as kids, we're, we spend all our time in classrooms, and a lot of people spend all our time indoors. And so, uh, you know, one of the 
cool things about working myself is that I have uh, time in the morning to go out, go running, uh, go to the beach, go for a hike. Um, just anything where I'm absorbing some sun. I really like to do that for an hour uh, before I go into art. Because, like I said, it's taking that organizing energy and then you have that. You have really consistent weather there too, right? Yeah, it's consistently like all four seasons every day. <laughs> yeah, here I've got literally the entire range of possible weather. It, it all happens here. But this time of year, it's, it's really great. Um, you mentioned wanting to raise your energy levels. Have you, uh, have you tried anything as far as like purification through different types of cleanses, like cleansing different internal organs with, um, you know, specified systems that are out there to do that? Or uh, like I did a colon cleanse several months back and I started having way more intensely psychedelic experiences without psychedelics pretty much consistently and it's been just switched on since then. That's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I learned that there's like some kind of like 15 or 20 pounds of feces in our like intestines at all times. No, not me. I got it cleaned like, out. Yeah, yeah. By removing a lot of that, it, uh, it's extremely healthy. I did one cleanse, an Ayurvedic mm-hmm. cleanse, uh, about a year ago. And I remember towards the end of the cleanse that my energy got so clean. Um, I was, I think I made an album wow. in like the matter of a week. I just was like every day I, I wrote it and then I cleaned it up for the rest of the month. But um, yeah, I did the bulk of the work in about seven days. And was, that's was the last the last few days of the cleanse. And uh, yeah, you know, just talking about it makes me really think um, to a do that more, and then to b uh, also I'm doing this other type of cleanse. Sort of, it's like uh, Congan water, so it's like alkaline mm-hmm. water. I'm just trying it for myself. Some people really swear by it. Some people believe in it. Um, I I notice a difference. Like when you drink it, it feels like it absorbs like almost instantly. Interesting. Water is like a hard drive yeah. kind of. I mean, the way that it holds frequencies and things like that, it makes a lot of sense that you would want to prioritize having clean water over a lot of other things. And the uh, alkalinity issue, I I've been learning more about that as I was doing some research about how to improve my diet based on my blood type and I uh, I got an alkalinity mix that you can just kind of stir into water and it's I mean it's not just baking soda it's a couple other things too and that I noticed weirdly enough it changed the smell of my body odor because I was worried that I was getting really acidic because I was having like nasty onion smelling <coughs> armpits and it didn't make sense and uh, I started doing that alkalinity drink and that went away, and now I just sort of do it every once in a while. I don't really see it as something I need for maintenance, but it's... Yeah, I think BO is a sign that uh, we are, we definitely reflect yeah. what we eat uh, at all levels. And, um, yeah, I think I personally used to smell a lot worse than I smell <laughs> nowadays. Yeah, I don't smell too bad, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> if I've had a really, like, long run without a shower, sure, like festy stink, but that's I really, normal. I use a lot of essential oils. Um, I got into it like the longer you spend in California, man. I got the crystals. I got the. Essential I'm with oils. you on all of that. Let's talk uh, about it. <laughs> <laughs> all this stuff. I've got like a table full of crystals and 
some nights I'll go and like put a pallet together, grab a couple crystals and put them in my workspace. I got a little tourmaline right here. But yeah, I'll grab, I'll grab one or two. Yeah, I had somebody right. wanting to do an art trade for one of my originals, and no one's had interest in an original of mine before, so I was excited. And uh, he was going to trade me a really crazy wrap that had tourmaline and moonstone and some other things, and it looked like an alien skull. Yeah, did you, uh, did you guys go through it? I think I'm going to, yeah. I have to continue negotiating negotiations, but... Cool. I hope that goes through. I met at a fest, so I saw it in person, and I just got really... I reacted to it strongly, and he was like, you need this. we got to find out a way to make this happen. Yeah, that's that makes me think of a piece of advice I'd really uh, like to share with anyone, aspiring artists or uh, someone who even is considering it. It's like in the beginning, you want to bring your art around with you uh, and show certain people, and show people because say out of like ten people you show, there'll be at least one person who will just light up and it will really you, you won't be it won't be like a fake, right? It'll be like a true, genuine excitement. And I remember the first few of those I had were at festivals and I'd show people um, one of my prints and like one girl was like, oh my God. She went and like got all her friends around. They were sitting on, the, on a bus and like for 20 minutes, I swear they're always like looking at this. Maybe not that long. I don't know. I ended up gifting it to her and uh, I was just so moved. I was like, holy cow, that was magical to me. And you know, I had a couple of experiences similar to that, which put a lot of uh, weight behind my momentum. And, um, yeah, so you got to just have that. You know, some people were like, "Oh, that's cool." Some people barely said anything. Some people liked it a lot. Uh, some people wanted to buy it, but even the people who wanted to buy it, that wasn't as exciting as like this one girl's reaction. Yeah, so, man, I know exactly that feeling, honestly. And the only, I guess, the only downside to that kind of a catalyst is you have to be aware that the opposite can happen, and you have to not let that phase you, like. You know, some random person on the internet that just be like, "That's shit, man. You're you're an idiot for no reason," and you just gotta not even not, care about that. Yeah, I mean, I have a theory about haters, though. Um, I think honestly, like haters are a massive indicator of success. Right. Exactly. Uh, I personally don't have that any real haters that I know of, or like, um, and so I'm always kind of even looking forward to the day where someone comes on and just like starts to try and give me shit about my art. Because I see some of my friends who are doing really well in their careers, and they definitely have haters. And so I say that for like every time you get a hater, you're, you're following it's mm-hmm. doubled. Like every, it's like an exponential growth point. Every hater you get, you got 20 haters daily. Yeah, and if you stay neutral, then the hate can't do anything anyway. So it's just like, oh, look at that, neat. Yeah, well, neutral is like no charge. That's the opposite. Hate and love are kind of similar. It's like, yeah. Uh, a heavy charge. Um, they're both far they're polarized. Yeah. Right. And so, you well, know, if love you might not be po- the opposite of hate, though. Hey. I, yeah, I think the opposite is not the right word. It's a, it's a, it's an equivalent in a different like way. You can tell, like, if some say a couple breaks up, and then they hate each other, and they're like constantly arguing and stuff. They're not done. They're just like on the. They're still very. Yeah. Charged. There's like a pendulum swing happening. Right, and it's when the pendulum, it's like they break up and then they stop talking. And then they truly just like don't even think about each other. That is an actual like end of a relationship. Well, I don't think it's love so in that case. I think the attachment is what causes the pendulum to swing from hate back over to the other side. So maybe, because uh, like 
you can love someone and totally walk away from them and never see them again and you know that that's the right thing because you love them. But if you're really attached to somebody, it doesn't matter what fucked up shit they just did to you. You're like, uh, we have to make this work, you know? Yeah, that's really insightful. I just put that in context of my relationship. Uh, There is no pendulum swing that happens with us. It's just like a constant neutral state. And we're always like, we have plenty of love for each other and affection and all that. But I think with the attachment, the attachment removed and and therefore like the conditions on each other removed, then there's not going to be a heaviness that draws the pendulum towards some kind of uh, polarized outburst like uh, a fight. Wow. Um, you want to share any like tips on how to actively work on decreasing attachment and those tendencies? Oh man, I think one, the key for me was that I guess when I went into the the situation I or the relationship I'm in now, which okay, I'll re- reveal this on the podcast. Everybody, I'm getting married. Whoa, yeah, Frank, I, haven't said, I haven't told the podcast audience yet. But anyway, yeah, super excited. Well, that's a big deal. Congratulations. <laughs> so neither so of us were looking for the other whenever we met. We're looking for an other at all. And actually, it's, it's weird. When we met, there was sort of like a metaphysical, um, psychedelic reality shift that happened to both of us. And to, re- to make a long story short, we both noticed each other, felt intense energy, and both acknowledged it, and we're just like, uh, what's going on here? Why do you feel so crazy like a fire when I stand by you? And we put our foreheads to, next to each, or like on each other, and then we've been together ever since. It was, it's weird. Uh, it's sort of hard to really explain what's going on there. But there was never like, what I will say is there was never an attachment to begin with, because there was never like, oh, that person, I'm going to try to woo them and make them like me. And it's that person that I'm specifically attracted to. In our case, it was like, I mean, it was literally like I saw myself in another being. I felt that it was myself in another body. Like, they talk about twin flames being the same soul, but too large for one human, and so it gets put into two. And I I really actually feel that that is what's going on, honestly, because, like, there's... We have, this, like, we have the I same Briggs Meyer personality profile. We found out because she had to take a psych uh, class that had that as a as an exercise. So I don't know. There's there's some very interesting synchronicities with our personalities, with our astrology. Well, it sounds like you guys were both like pretty solid before mm-hmm. you met, and um, like that's one thing I personally worked on for a long time after I had some breakups. I, uh, I was like single intentionally for years and gotten to where I am today, which is like, I feel really good just actually being on my own. And I can't really imagine, um, well now things are like getting better and brighter in the world's, I guess possibilities are starting to come into view of like anything's possible. And I've learned communication is key. Like just talking about all kinds of things, um, bringing things up that could be uncomfortable, but as soon as they're talked about, they become comfortable. Mm-hmm. If there was anything that's uncomfortable for you, then sometimes it's good to just like explore those things. And that's creates this sense of trust and um, mindful attention neutralizes anything. That's really cool. So you guys felt you felt this. Um, there was no like effort really needed 
to, for this bond. This bond is just strong, intense naturally. Yeah. You both acknowledge that and communicated that, and it's like I, that gives me a lot of hope. So thanks for sharing that. And so, you know, I've sensed that to different degrees. Pretty much points of my life, and uh, such a good feeling. <laughs> so, it's so cool. Check this out. I've got uh, here. I don't know if you can see it. It's a piece of fluorite. Nice. Dude. Yeah, I'm rocking my giant cell. Well, it's not super giant, but it's like a selenite tower, and I've got some tiger's iron, muggle stone here. What was that last one you just held up? This is a gangster crystal here. Oh, yeah. That's a uh, tourmaline. Really green. Yeah, it's green, blue, and, and clear. Whoa. That's what I yeah, that wrap I'm thinking about trading for has got a really nice green tourmaline that's super bright. Let me check this one out. This is the fluorite. Oh, yeah, it's way better with the light. The green and purple. Yeah, this thing is really It's got these, like, quartz clusters on it. It looks like a little galaxy. Cubic little galaxy. Yeah, so have you had any um, life changes that you can attribute to bringing crystals around? I'm curious. Hard to say. I think uh, it was a phase in my life where I was kind of in a darker place, and I think at a deeper level, I I remember the first time I became sensitive to uh, crystal. I had been in California for a while, and I had seen crystals all over, and I still didn't take them too seriously. Uh, I thought they were cool. You know, something to have a few was cool, but um, then I was at my friend's house one day, and I was like touching some of these crystals and I picked up one crystal and I got goosebumps from head to toe. And I was like, well, I was like, I felt like it was from the crystal, but I couldn't be sure. So I put it down and like 15 minutes later or so I come back and I pick it up and the same thing happens again. Like, whoa. So I asked my friend like, hey man, can I trade you for this? He's like, you can have it. It wasn't anything too special. It was like, I think a piece of smoky quartz or like, uh, just, it was a small cloudy crystal. Uh, actually had a lot of difficulty identifying really? it. Yeah. Um, but I started, I just started pondering it. Like, what could that be? And so I came up to this conclusion that like a crystal is a frequency state of matter that is just like permeating this frequency at all times. Stable. And um, yeah, it's a stable frequency. And so we're frequency beings as well. And so by using these crystals, you're just tampering with frequencies. Yeah, I can't make any claims from that, but like, I tend to be open-minded about um, sort of like the mechanics of the universe in that degree. And I see having these around is probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the people wouldn't have, if you just want to go based on experience data, there's enough cultures for hundreds and thousands of years that have attributed different properties to crystals long enough that you, oh, yeah. I mean, Everyone can't be just bullshitting, right? Yeah, have you heard of the Lemurians? Yeah. So apparently the Lemurians had um, amulets with a big crystal over the third eye, and it was for the purpose of amplifying their pineal gland power. Sense. And check this out. So this is a. Um, I learned this down when I went to I went to Chichen Itza for 2012. Uh, you need a smaller crystal with a pretty nice flat facet uh, mm -hmm. face. But 
uh, the pineal gland apparently has like crystalline magnetic properties. All right, just for the audience at home, he's got a piece of tourmaline just sticking to his forehead and he's not tilting his head back or anything. It's just sitting there. So with a a slightly smaller crystal, you can actually get down to push-ups. I've shown this by leading a crystal workshop at um, down in Chichen Itza and he walked around and like first he showed everyone and talked about how the um, third eye is like magnetic towards wow, crystals. man. And then he showed us, and then he walked around and showed every single person. He had this really cool crystal from China. He said it was the best one he'd ever used. And uh, sure enough, when I put it on for the first time, I felt, no joke, like a tingling tear that like crawled around my head and like over my head. And I felt it just like loop and it was on. It, it felt different. And uh, you could do that. Wow. Stay on. It's definitely something I've been high with. enough, like, I've definitely felt that sort of field around my head. It makes your head feel bigger almost. But I'm definitely going to play around with that. Uh, that's really wild and not surprising, but only surprising in that, that I've never heard of this because it's amazing. It is really peculiar how it's like very not in history anywhere. Like they don't teach us a lick about crystals anywhere in the well, education. look at all the other shit that they don't want you to know and how important or cool it is. I think that if, yeah. if this reality is in some way an experience that we're meant to grow through, then all the resistance that's put between us and these tools and these, um, these uh, expanded parts of ourself, essentially, are the resistance is there so that, you know, you can only, well, you can only access it through intent. That way, people who don't have... Um, strong enough will or intent don't get their hands on the world destroying stuff you know I mean, uh, that's kind of I see yeah. Like, then, yeah you have to pass through a labyrinth to get, it, get to it but and that's the path the quest of keeping life. your intent yeah the quest of life <laughs> wow I would yeah I think it's much a much happier existence to just believe that we're gonna like break through and have this incredible future where like technology really makes life beautiful and it restores a planet to something incredible. And we have temples everywhere, flying vehicles and zero emissions and organic food and like good education and good healthcare worldwide, no more poverty. Like all of that's within our reach today. There's no reason to um, believe otherwise. <laughs> right. So I feel like, yeah, hopefully um, it's just up to us to do it. I think the more of us that believe in it too, the more just optimistic that's going to be, the better off we are. You know, like mass belief in the human consciousness can play a role in things. And like we were saying about, you know, you only need to do it yourself in terms of keeping yourself in balance. That goes for anything that you want to see changed in the world. If you want organic food, start a garden. If you want, you know, if you want clean energy, figure out how to get your house solar powered. All of these things are within our reach as individuals to change within our lives, and that's actually the only way the collective will change. That's true. But you have to believe you're an yeah. artist of your own life, and you're able to create a different canvas for yourself before you're going to actually get out of the mold that you started out in. You have to do these things for the life to But you don't have to do any one thing in particular, guys that are listening. Just do yeah. your thing. And, then, and don't be a dick. <laughs> be a nice smile. It actually helps. You don't actually have to smile. You can do this to people. Like, take yeah. that. 
You know, you're like just smiling. Acknowledgement. I'm gonna try that, dude. I I grin like a goofy bastard all the time, and maybe people would take me a little more seriously if I was just like, yeah. That's what people want. Just like that. Cool acknowledgement. That cool acknowledgement, exactly. In a way they can relate to, you know, use your observation skills. Try and like read people. Man, you're teaching me a lot, which is part of why I wanted to have you on the show and just because I want to show everybody your stuff. Uh, but uh, awesome. I'm reminded of when we met back at the Unts, you said something to me that Unts. totally stuck with me and I've transmitted to so many people. And that was, you're, you're talking about like helping others. And you gave me the, um, I want you to tell it now, just like explain the difference between helping, um, you know, pushing a turtle up the stairs versus helping people move something heavy. Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, there's two types of helping. Helping for your own, um, there's healthy helping and unhealthy helping. And a lot of us tend to not be able to differentiate, and that's okay. Just being able to differentiate will help everyone out. Um, and the metaphor of the turtle is the great example. Uh, there's this turtle, and he's at the base of the stairs, and he's just, like, stuck, and he's looking, he's trying to get up the stairs. And here you come along, and you see the turtle, and you see this chance to help. So you pick up the turtle and bring him to the top of the stairs and put him down. So then you come back and then there's the turtle and he's, he's pissed. And he's like, dude, what the hell? Where have you been? I need you to get me back down the stairs. And um, now you basically have like enabled this turtle to do something that it couldn't have done on its own. And um, in a way, you put it in a spot where... It could fall down the stairs and get killed. Yeah, so the better thing, the more mature thing to do is to like let the turtle realize that um, there's got to be another way or maybe evolve to the point where it can get there. But uh, <laughs> ultimately to um, turn into a ninja turtle, not help people in that way. The right way to help people is like if someone needs your help, like I said, to move something heavy, um, where... Uh, Oh, no. how, did, how did I explain that last uh, part? I'll, t- I'll tell this part. So you're walking, okay. you're walking through um, your apartment, through the hallway, and you huh. see these four guys trying to move a big dresser down um, and get it through a door, and it's just kind of stuck, and they don't have the strength. And you just sneak up, and with one hand, you help them push over the hump, and then they get over, and they're fine, and then you dip before they even noticed you were there. Oh, yeah. I did that this last festival. This girl's pulling a cart. It was really heavy. And so I just came up behind and didn't say anything. I just started pushing it lightly. And like, she just started going faster. She didn't look back. She just, she was like loving it. And then like, finally the barrier, she looks back. She's like, you know, I thought maybe someone was helping, but I didn't know. Thank you. And I was like, all right. That's so night. funny. But in that example, you helped the other people to do something that they were capable of doing themselves. They just needed that little extra push. And, you know, next time they'll believe they can do it and they'll probably not need you next time either. Yeah, if it's like it's a different style mm. of help. Healthy I help. Feel it. Yeah, I try. Yeah, I mean, if someone's like coming to you and they're asking for help to get something, like I generally, honestly, it doesn't really occur too much in my life anymore. I think I've like calmed that karma mm. down. Then uh, I kind of think like what we have uh, experienced in life is kind of like an indicator of what we need to work on and, uh, or if it, like life's all, all good and joy, then things are going great. And, uh, that's, life's getting better for me personally, but there's definitely still elements that I like 
want them to get better. Well, you know, it's all infinite, so there's no, there's no top of the ladder. There's just the ladder. No well, destination. I think, yeah, like helping out, just path. Helping others in a way that's in line with who you are, too. Like, um, I feel inspired to get art out, uh, my art and other artists' art as well, um, because I truly see it as like med medicine for the soul, inspirational. Um, like, that's a way where I can help people and be true to my cause. Like, you know, feeling like a badass. So, I think it's. I think through helping people too, we also derive the ultimate satisfaction in life, like the contentment, the peace. Otherwise, I could, you know, I find like, so as I'm almost like. Gives you a purpose. <laughs> it feels like it um, gives me a pur yeah, purpose on this planet and like a ticket almost. Like, um, the reason why the planet's better off than I'm here is that. I hope other people's lives get better. That's good. It's validating for sure. I mean, nothing has to mean anything in the grand scheme of infinity. Um, and that's why you're allowed to make your own meaning for things. And it, you're definitely not the only person that's finding meaning through helping others. And that's, I really appreciate that sentiment. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. I think I'm going to move towards wrapping this up. And I want you to give me any plugs for stuff you want to promote. Yeah, um, well, I'm working on putting a show together that will be in Fresno. Um, I'll have more details soon, but it should be in January. Uh, so it'll be my first art show. And then I'm going to be working on a number of First Fridays. Uh, I plan on attending festivals in the upcoming year um, and then creating art live. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, and over the next month or so, I'll be... Uh, developing my website to feature artwork of mine and other artists um, and then availability to purchase prints and acquire this art. And, uh, sort of where I'm at in the art world. You're going to have to let me know whenever you're ready to launch that because uh, I'd love to have you back on here or any other time that you ever want to reflect on something or promote something um, because, you know, we talked an hour, but we could go, we could go indefinitely, I feel like, so... You know, open invitation to come back, and uh, you know if we can't line up a show right whenever you're putting up that website, still send me links and let me do some cross promotion with you because, I mean, I really just want to see some of the the shit that's up there as a a budding artist myself. It's always cool to see what other people are doing, and sometimes if you're really putting in the the time and the work, your brain will even click and go, oh, I see how I would do that, and then you're off. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to say thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, it's really fun being an artist. It's just like a tipping point, I'd say, where uh, the self-doubt and the, like that kind of goes away and it just becomes uh, fun. And so definitely stick with it. And uh, yeah, thanks, Chance. I'll definitely be back on the show. Um, be exciting to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Thanks very much, Daniel. Much love. Hare Krishna. Much love. Hare Krishna. <laughs> Bye. Bye.